0: calm miss four
1: guys welcome to episode 24 of macabre misfortunes
0: hello everybody
1: tracy we're going to talk about a situation today that really highlights um the severe mental illness of a man okay his name is herbert mullen he lived in northern california in the early 1970s Now, in 1972, Herbert believed that there was going to be a massive earthquake near his home. He had a solution, though, to this problem, and you're not going to believe what that solution was. To leave. No, that would probably be the logical solution. That was not his route.
0: Okay, what was his suggestion? Well, before we get into
1: that, let's learn a little bit about Herbert Mullen, and then we'll discuss his little plan to prevent this massive earthquake. Herbert was born on April 18th, 1947 in Salinas, California. Every time I hear Salinas, I think James Dean, because when he got killed in his car, he was actually driving on his way to Salinas, California to uh, be involved in a race there.
0: Oh, darn. I didn't know that. Yep.
1: His early life was pretty normal, as you would think. He had a good, loving family. He did really good in high school. In fact, he was voted most likely to succeed. Yay! Shortly after high school, though, things kind of took a dark turn, we'll say. He started to struggle after his best friend was killed in a car accident.
0: Aw.
1: Herbert would eventually be diagnosed with schizophrenia, and most experts seem to think that the death of his friend may have triggered the onset of this.
0: I didn't know that could happen.
1: I didn't really think so either. I I, I guess I assumed that if you had schizophrenia, Mm -hmm. that it was just something you had that something couldn't trigger it. But I, I don't really know because I've not really looked that much into schizophrenia. At the age of 19, Herbert tried LSD and marijuana for the very first time. And this turned into a regular recreation for him afterwards. Yeah. The regular drug use would reportedly worsen the symptoms of his mental illness. By the time he was 21, his family started to notice the signs of his schizophrenia. Now, remember, this was before he was actually diagnosed still. Okay. He checked himself into a local hospital for treatment. This was voluntarily. He also voluntarily left his this hospital after six weeks. The prognosis when he left was poor.
0: Oh, that didn't help him at all? No. Not even a little and, bit. And they
1: definitely advised against him checking himself. Yeah. Out. In the following years, it was more of the same. He would enter several different hospitals and programs, some voluntarily, some involuntarily. The biggest issue is that he didn't stick to his medication. Mm. They would constantly give him medications at these programs. He wouldn't stick to it. He also stopped going to all the group therapy sessions. So he really had no shot at getting better because he wasn't taking his medicine and he wasn't getting any kind yeah, of therapy.
0: Yeah, just give up,
1: huh? His prognosis went from poor to grave. Around this time, he started telling co-workers that he was hearing voices. Then at the age of 23, three different doctors diagnosed him with schizophrenia. So he started having issues In his early 20s, and it still took three years. Even Mm -hmm. though he'd been in and out of hospitals and programs, it still took three years for him to be diagnosed. Of course, this was the early 70s, so I guess things weren't as good back then on mental illness, obviously, as it is today. Now, you combine his mental illness with the other factors, and you've got the recipe for a horrible outcome. So let's discuss some of these other factors. Harut Mullen's birthday was the anniversary of the devastating San Francisco earthquake of 1906. Now, he wasn't born the same year. Oh, yeah. But same day, same month. As his illness got worse, he started to have these bizarre thoughts that were related to that deadly day. The next factor was in 1972. There was a mathematician who predicted that on January 4th, 1973, the San Andreas Fault would once again unleash a deadly earthquake on Northern California, which is where he lived. The voice that Herbert started hearing connected his birthday with the earthquakes. Then those same voices told him, that human sacrifice was the only way to prevent this disaster. Oh,
0: no. Poor guy.
1: These are the exact words of Herbert. He said, We, human beings, through the history of the world, have protected our continents from cataclysmic earthquakes by murder. In other words, a minor natural disaster avoids a major natural disaster. It's a quote from him. So with the thought that killing some select people, he felt like he could prevent this massive earthquake that could kill hundreds or even thousands. It's really a lot like that movie Frailty.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Where the guy thought he was seeing demons. And Well,
0: at yeah. first I thought you meant he just was going to kill himself. No. Not other people.
1: No. So let's take a quick sponsor break and I'll be back to tell you how he went through with his plan. So October 13th, 1972, he murdered a homeless man by the name of Lawrence White. This guy was basically just out hitchhiking. He sees him. He beat him to death with a bat. Not cool. No. This was after he saw the man hitchhiking on the side of the road. Herbert would later say that he believes that Lawrence White was actually Jonah from the Bible. And that he telepathically asked Herbert to kill him so that others could be saved. Hmm. So he just sees a homeless man, and in his head, that's Jonah from the Bible. And the man telepathically said, hey, I basically want to give myself up to save others. That's very sad. It is very sad. But as you could see, that's the mental illness talking. It wouldn't mm-hmm. if this guy was a bad man. I just don't... He thought he was doing right.
0: I don't know. It's just so bizarre how he went from how he was to that.
1: It's just like anything else. I mean, if you've got, you know, lung cancer, it doesn't, you know, as you... At the beginning, it might not be that bad. But as it progresses, it becomes worse and worse and worse and, you know... A, a mental illness, it can be much the same way. Right,
0: yeah, understood.
1: His second victim was Mary Guilfoyle. That was on October 24th. She was a college student. Herbert stabbed and dismembered her and scattered her remains along the side of the road. Mm. On November 2nd, Herbert went to a Catholic church and confessed his sins to Father Henry Tomei. And then he beat and stabbed him to death. He believed that the priest volunteered himself as a sacrifice. The priest bled to death inside the confessional. Oh, gosh. On January 25th, 1973, Herbert Mullen killed five people in one day. Now, remember, January 4th was the day that the earthquake was supposed to be Mm -hmm. devastating California. That's the day it was predicted. And now it had came and went. No earthquake. Of course, Herbert believed that his killing saved is, it. Is why there was no earthquake and it kept it away. So he killed five more people. You know, better safe than sorry. One of these was an old friend of his and the man's wife. Then a woman and her two children who actually lived in the house that his friend used to live in. So I don't know if he killed his friends and then went to their old house or if he went to their old house first and was like, oh, they don't live here anymore. And then killed who was there. But he killed somebody that the, 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 those three were actually in his neighbor's old house. On February 6th, he went to a uh, campsite and he killed a group of four teenagers. Oh, my gosh. Again, Herbert believed that he had communicated with them telepathically and they gave their permission. Herbert would eventually be caught on February 13th after his 13th murder. He shot a man in broad daylight. The man's neighbor got Herbert's license plate number, contacted police. When police caught up with Herbert, he did not resist arrest or anything. He just peacefully went. Prosecutors were able to try Herbert Mullins on 10 of the 13 murders. I couldn't find anything on why they wouldn't able to tag the other three on him.
0: Hmm. That's very bizarre.
1: And my guess is since it was three, it was probably the mother
0: and the two, and kids. The two yeah. kids.
1: Cause that's the only set of three mm-hmm. that I know of. He pleaded guilty to all 10 that he was charged with. Here's the strange part. He tried to represent himself in court. The judge said that he was not mentally stable enough to do this so he gave him a public defender which Herbert promptly tried to fire and the judge refused to allow him to fire his public defender Mm -hmm. during the trial Herbert talked about the voices that he had been hearing he referred to the messages as die songs d-i-e songs Mm. prosecutors were able to provide enough proof that he premeditated several of the killings, which showed that he was legally sane or he would not have been able to plan these things out and carry them out. Which I don't necessarily know that. Because mm-hmm. I think I think you can, you can not be sane and have some mental problems and still be able to plan stuff out. I mean, regardless of how you look at it, he had mental problems. All right. He definitely was not sane. Now, should he have been tried differently? I don't know. But if somebody's going to be ruled insane, I think this guy's probably it. He's already had people saying proof that he's got schizophrenia. He's been telling people he's hearing voices. He thinks these people are communicating with him telepathically. Mm -hmm. If that's not insane, as far as the definition, I don't know what it is. He was convicted of all ten murders and sentenced to life in prison, and that's where he is today. He's actually serving his sentence in Mule Creek State Prison. In Lone, California, he's been denied parole several times, including as recently as 2020.
0: Wow. How old is he now, I wonder then?
1: Well, he would have been 23 and 73, somewhere in that ballpark. Mm-hmm. So we'll be looking at uh, 30 years, 40 years. He'd be 60s, in
0: his
1: 60s. Yeah. Still really not that old.
0: No, not at all.
1: So, there you go. That's the story of Henry Mullen.
0: Very, very sad and disturbing.
1: It is. Now, i like to give you a fact of the day, and I told you it's going to start involving something similar to what mm-hmm. we're talking about. Size-wise, as far as the on the Richter scale, the biggest earthquake in the United States was in 1964. It was the Great Alaska Earthquake. It was a 9.2 on the Richter scale. Whoa. It lasted four and a half minutes, and it triggered a 27-foot tsunami, which destroyed the village of Chenga, killing 23 of its 68 people who lived there. Oh. A total of 139 people died because of the earthquake, but only 15 were actually from the direct result of the earthquake. The other uh, 124 people died from the tsunami. Tsunami. Because there was that place, and then there was... It went as far as, you know, some of the islands that were off the coast. Some of them, it hit Oregon. Even though this was in Alaska, there was a tsunami in Oregon. That is crazy. And Washington. There was people with like four or five that died from in Washington. Four or five that died in Oregon from the tsunamis. Wow. That hit.
0: Bless their hearts. So. That is really something.
1: Anyway, that's the story I got for you today.
0: Well, that was a totally sad story.
1: It was. That's why they're macabre.
0: Yeah. So we should count our blessings. Yes, we should. Absolutely.
1: All right, guys. Thank you so much. We hope you enjoyed and we'll talk to you soon.
0: Bye, guys.